My name is Ash. This is No Eye Contact, episode 35. Welcome in. Welcome back. Welcome to and fro. We just like to have a silly, a silly old time over here. Nothing too serious. And yeah. What the fuck is good, you know? Oh, honey, this is like an active recording studio. I think you should. My fucking alarm's going off. Welcome back. <clears throat> if you didn't watch last week, I got a new podcast recorder. And this one has a sound pad. And it has four sounds. Apparently, I can upload my own sounds onto it, but I spent about 20 minutes researching and I can't figure it out so I'm gonna go with what they gave me I did make a few changes we still have funky we've still got applause which cuts off really suddenly love that I've added laughter I don't know how often I'll use that one and also added sad trombone. Felt out of all the choice, out of the 11 choices, these were the best. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to deal with. What's been going on with me? That's so kind of you to ask. Uh, my grandma died. that's better yeah my granny died she had been battling i don't know if it's a battle she had alzheimer's for like the last eight years of her life and yeah she died a few weeks ago and then this past weekend we had her celebration of life now i've never even been to a funeral this is my first death that is even remotely close to me so I think I was feeling really anxious because it's probably better that it was a celebration of life and not a funeral because it was a little less sad, you know, but about 200 old farts showed up and definitely probably have COVID now. Uh, people were, there were people coming up to me. I did not know. There were people coming up to me, taking pictures of me and my brother that we did not know. They were just like, I got to send this to my sister. Smile. <laughs> we are just like, okay. Um, we heard a guy say the N word with the hard R. And it didn't even make sense the context that he used it in. He, we were like walking into the building. He was walking ahead of us with a group of people. And he said, I'm not an N-word, but the truth will set you free. And they were all like, <laughs> right. And it was just, me and my brother just like stopped what we were doing and just looked at each other. Because one, why did you need to say that? But two, even in the context that you said it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So that was interesting. <clears throat> we also, in the morning before the like party part, I don't even know if I should say party, but we went to my grandparents' old farm and like sprinkled her ashes there. And it was, it was cute. It was cute. And it actually wasn't as, I was anxious for it for like fucking two weeks. And then it wasn't that bad. Me and my brother just people watched, got some, got some good banana pudding. It was fine. We went to a fucking antique store. That was fucking sick. Spent about $70 there. Loved it. So Yeah. R.I.P. Barbara. Oh, wait. R.I.P. Barbara. You are a real one. You are a fucking real one. <clears throat> At the same time that my grandmother died, I was having a dramatic time with my cat, Honey. And I felt like I couldn't 
talk about <laughs> my stuff with honey because, you know, it was grandma's time to shine. But honey went to the vet and got put under and had two teeth taken out. Good job, honey. They shaved this little fucking piece of her arm hair off so that for like the IV and she still it's just now starting to grow back but it looks like a little fucking chicken wing it's so funny looking and it's also interesting how cats like the I guess not all cats but my cat she's diluted calico so she's like gray light orange and white when they shaved her arm like the the color is like all the way to the skin like is there skin is her skin gray and orange like how with no hair on it is there still color like I just don't understand maybe it's just a microscopic like level of hair that's still producing color I don't know I'm not a scientist all right I never I never claim to know what the fuck is going on but yeah honey was fucking pitiful and she couldn't eat for a while I had to go get her soft food because she just couldn't her little teethers. These are little teethers. Anyways, that's my baby, but I fucking hate her. <clears throat> okay, so last episode was about bugs. And the more I'm realizing that, like, the more times in my life that I just say the word bug out loud, I think that. <clears throat> I think that they can hear me and they, like, get closer. Like,. Every time I say bug, they like crawl a millimeter closer to me. <clears throat> I have a note here about the bugs that says spider with Cameron. And I, I literally have no idea. Oh, okay. Now I fucking remember. So I, there's so many, there's so many bugs in my area. I think I live in a fucking swamp and my back porch, like I leave my light on all night. There's always a lot of bugs. So the spiders set up shop. They set up shop like in the corner of my porch, the entrance of my house. And my brother was leaving one night. First of all, for his first mistake is he didn't turn he didn't turn the light on before he exited when it was dark outside. But so he just walks out the door and walks directly into a spider web. And this motherfucking spider had literally set up a web like right in front of my fucking door. And it was huge. It was ginormous. And then when I came out in the morning, she had packed up. She had packed up and and moved. And she hasn't she hasn't put the web in front of my door again. And I'm like, that's kind that's kind of a smart spider. Like also, I can appreciate a spider that's like, I'm gonna set up my shop for the night and then I'll I'll clean up later. And I'm like you're cleaning up after yourself like that's I love that I love that so I'm fine with that I don't until it gets too much with the spiders I let them I let them chill there because they're you know catching the fucking so many bugs that are out there but I am gonna have to handle some on my front porch because I just saw that some spiders made webs in the corners of my door and that they have egg sacs and that's not cool. Could could have done it anywhere else. Anywhere else. But it's fine. Also, I keep fucking... Ugh. I came home from, va- from somewhere. And tiny ants had found Honey's food. And so they had, like, made a trail through my kitchen. And so I, like, sprayed them and shit. But now I just kind of, like, I'll just randomly find ants. Like, I'll be in the bathroom, and there'll just be one on the sink. Or I'll be in the living room, there'll just be one on the coffee table. Just random. It's not like there's, like, a line of them or a lot of them. I'll just randomly find them. Again, I think they're coming for me. I also had a repairman come to my house for the first time. Adult as It was so awkward. It was so awkward because also I don't know how to act around people who are my age. I can deal with kids. Obviously a kid's not coming. I can deal with old people. I can deal with middle-aged people. People who are like in their 20s and 30s, I do not know what to do. And also he was attractive and it was just kind of like, 
Like I literally let him in and I was just like, cause also when you, he was fixing my dryer. Also, as soon as you walk in my house, that's my laundry room. So like he's here. And so I was just kind of like, okay, I'll be in the other room if you need me and just left. And then, uh, he had to come twice. He like diagnosed the problem. I thought he was going to fix it the day of like, how do you not just have items in your van? Like anyways, so he came to diagnose it, diagnose that my belt was broken. And so then he had to come back like a week later and the second time was less awkward, but it's just like, I don't know how to talk to people my age. I feel like, I feel like a, I know that we are on the same like age range and it's cool, but I feel inferior. Like I feel like I'm still a child for some reason. Um, but it was fine. And you know, next time I have a repairman come to my house, I, I'll know what to expect. I'll feel more prepared. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I was appraising a house. This is embarrassing. I was appraising a house and I had to ask this lady to get up off the couch and like get out of the living room so I could take a picture because I ha- can't have people in the pictures. And she made a noise when she got up, but in my fucking tiny little peanut brain, I thought it was a cat meowing. And I was like, did I just hear a cat? And she was like, no, <laughs> I think that was me. And I'm just like, but it's like, as soon as I said it out of my mouth, I'm like, I know there's not a cat here. I know. <sighs> also, speaking of embarrassing moments, I had a memory from uh, probably like my freshman year of college. I don't remember. But uh, that I told my dad that the song Where Are You Now by Justin Bieber, Jack U, Skrillex, and Diplo was the song of my generation. And then I think I played it for him. But this is especially embarrassing because... I wasn't even like, I can't even be like, I was in high school because I was in college. But honestly, so since I had that memory, I re-listened to it. And honestly, I stand by it. It's a good fucking song, okay? Whoever's on the recorder, slay. Slay! But yeah. I just clicked the soundboard because I didn't know what else to say. But so let, let's get right into our topic for today, okay? And I, sh- I should have waited and played this then. Topic time. The Museum of Failure. The Museum of Failure. I'm going to read a little blurb that was on the Museum of Failure site about it just so just so we can understand museum of failure is a collection of failed products and services from around the world the majority of all in the majority of all innovation projects fail and the museum showcases these failures to provide visitors a fascinating learning experience Every item provides unique insight into the risky business of innovation. Innovation and progress require an acceptance of failure. The museum aims to stimulate productive discussion about failure and inspire us to take meaningful risks. The museum is curated by Dr. Samuel West, licensed psychologist, PhD in organizational psychology. So I first heard about this museum on Twitter. And I was like, this is fucking sick. I want to learn more. So why not learn more and then kind of talk about it on a podcast episode? Cause I think that's kind of what this podcast has turned into. It's just me picking random topics that kind of interest me and then being like, Hey, look at this. And hopefully you like it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, nothing like a crispy seven up. When's the last time you had a 7-Up, dude? 
Something that fucking slaps. All right, so basically I've picked, I combed through the Museum of Failures website and I picked a couple of, I don't want to say favorite, favorite's a strong word, just a couple of failure product type thingies that interest me, you know, so we're just, we're just going to go through them. We're going to go through them. So first up, the DeLorean DMC-12, which is, if you didn't know, the time machine from Back to the Future. It's the, it's the car, the car with like the suicide doors, right? So the pr- first prototype was made in 1976 and it was marketed as a luxury sports car, but they literally could not get the engine. They could not get an engine that had enough power to power the car. And so the car was extremely slow. And then the panel was made out of stainless steel, so you had to constantly polish it. And the so then, um, you know, the car of the future sucked. So the company went bankrupt, and it was only on the market for 24 months. But, hey, it'll live on forever as being the time machine from Back to the Future. So that's kind of a sleigh, you know. So shout out DeLorean DMC-12. Thank you. Next up, we've got Coca-Cola 2. Coca-Cola 2. So after World War II, Coke had 60% of cola market shares. And then by 1983, they went down to 24% because Pepsi entered the ring. And this is a quote. Market analysts believed baby boomers were more likely to purchase diet drinks as they aged and remained health and weight conscious. Growth in the full calorie segment would <laughs> Growth in the full calorie segment would come from younger drinkers who at that time favored Pepsi by increasing margins. So Coke is losing money to Pepsi, Coke is losing money to diet drinks. And so they're like, fuck, we got we got to do something big. So they In 1985, they made a new formula for Coke, and they just called it New Coke. New Coke. However, apparently it tasted like shit, and the public reacted negatively. So then they reintroduced their original Coca-Cola formula as Coca-Cola Classic. And it it boosted sales, because everyone was like, oh, thank God, because that other shit sucked. But... Some people think that, like, the new Coke was all just a ploy to, like, get the original Coca-Cola that boost. Because otherwise it would have just, like, remained the same, maybe. But then when they, like, brought it back, you know what I'm saying? And then in 1990, they renamed new Coke to Coke 2. I like Coke, too. I think it's kind of fire. Um, They discontinued it in July 2002. It had 120 months on the market. So shout out Coca-Cola, too. Slay. All right. Now we have the Nokia Engage. Nokia Engage. So this comes out. So early, early 2000s, people have both cell phones I just spit so much. Early 2000s, people have both cell phones and like portable gaming devices. So we got Game Boys. I don't know when it came out, but the first thing that came to my mind, maybe it's the the shape of the phone, but it made me think of um, the PSP, the PlayStation Portable, I'm assuming it stood for. I just know my cousin had one and on road trips, I would just watch him play like uh, Spider-Man on it or something. But so anyway, so people have cell phones and handheld game consoles. So in 2004, this Nokia releases Engage, and they're trying to do like a a two-in-one BOGO like um, phone and portable game device. But it it sucked because first of all, there weren't that many games. There weren't that many good games. But in order to change the game, you had to completely disassemble the phone. <laughs> and then to use it as a phone, you had to like hold it sideways with the thin edge against your head. And so apparently it got the nickname Taco Phone. And so this is one that it's like, okay, this failure led to innovation because apparently, I guess, 
I guess Nokia is based out of Finland. I don't know. It just said that um, it could be argued that this invention led to Finland's, quote, thriving mobile gaming industry. And apparently that's where Angry Birds came from is Finland. So it's possible that this little taco phone is directly responsible for Angry Birds. And so it was only on the market for 24 months. Nokia Engage. Nokia Engage. Oh, here's a good one. Olestra. So, 1990s, everyone is obsessed with health, with low calories. Um, later on, we're going to talk about another product where people were obsessed with stuff being clear, but that has nothing to do with that. I don't know why I brought it up. So there's a low calorie, low calorie craze in the 1990s. And this is when low calorie chips are launched in 1996. This thing called Alestra is approved by the FDA as an additive to these chips to substitute fat and it adds no calories sounds awesome right we probably our parents definitely probably ate this or got us to eat it if you were a 90s baby so at first people are like slay slay i no fat in these chips let's fucking go we got fat free wheat thins we got fat free fucking pringles let's fucking go but so then it starts to lose popularity because there's side effects um, so if you ate a lot of it, so say you're like, I'm gonna sit down and eat this entire bag of chips and it's fine. Cause it's fat free. That was also their fear a little bit is that, oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So if you consume a lot in a short period of time, then your body can't absorb the substance and it caused gastric cramps and diarrhea. And so it be- became known for anal leakage Alestra became known for anal leakage 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 and so I can't remember if the FDA was like actually you know what never mind but basically people started to get scared that like oh if we if we fucking add this and people put fat free on everything then it might um inspire people to eat like way more of this food because in their little fucking pea brains they think it's healthy it's not it's not healthy it's slightly healthier but it's not healthy but so Alestra only had 48 months on the market shout out Alestra rejuvenique rejuvenique I feel like this probably you know led to the innovation of a lot of other beauty products but so basically it's this terrifying fucking beauty mask that uses electricity to tone the facial muscles is the idea so you literally wear like this fucking like Hannibal Lecter mask and the instructions were that you're supposed to strap it on your face for 15 minutes three to four times a week but then it got really negative reviews because it was very uncomfortable. One user reviewed it and said, quote, it feels like a tiny thousand ants are biting my face. It was also never safety approved. <laughs> it only lasted for 12 months on the market. Shout out Rejuvenique. Shout out. All right, Google Glass. I like vaguely remember this when it came out. So Google was like, This is probably, honestly, I'm wondering if this is like the first step into VR. I don't know. Anyway, so they wanted to make smart glasses that have a built-in camera. They have voice controls and they have a, quote, revolutionary screen. No idea what that means. So they start announcing it. It's $1,500, but that's not even like a finished product. It's just a prototype. And so people paid $1,500, got this fucking prototype, and the technology just didn't really quite work. 
the built-in camera raised privacy concerns. I think there were a few companies, companies, few countries that actually banned them because they were like, that's fucking weird to have a camera on all the fucking time. Like, that's weird. And then the people who had them started to be called glass holes. And Google Glass only lasted for 36 months on the market. Thank you, Google Glass. Oh my God, this one's fucking. This one blew my mind. Okay, so I'm gonna set the I'm gonna set the scene for you. So 1965, Hasbro. Wait, whoa, whoa. <clears throat> 1965, Barbie. Sorry, Mattel, who makes Barbie, is slaying. She's slaying, right? So Hasbro's like, let's make literally like an alternative to Barbie. Like we want to make the antithesis of Barbie, the fucking negative, negative Barbie, anti-Barbie. So they came up with Little Miss No Name. And this is a quote. In keeping with the climate of the mid 60s, they wanted to teach little girls compassion and the realities of life for those less fortunate. With large expressive eyes, Little Miss No Name is dressed in rags, barefoot, and sports a very large tear. She even has an outstretched hand waiting to be consoled and protected. Most kids were terrified. Apparently the big eyes are inspired by Margaret Keene's paintings and her paintings. You can look it up. She literally just paints kids with like giant fucking eyes. It kind of reminds me of, um, I think they were called like Precious Moments. And they were just like kids with big ass heads and like big ass eyes. <clears throat> but so anyways, uh, the ads, is this is literally what the ads say. This is a quote. She doesn't have a pretty dress. She doesn't have any shoes. She doesn't even have a home. All she has is love. And the packaging would show her in a cold snowstorm with a plea on the back that said, I need someone to love me. I want to learn to play. Please take me home with you and brush my tear away. So kids were really scared and Hasbro very quickly discontinued the doll. So shout out Little Miss No Name. And that's fucking disrespectful. You could have given her a name. You could have still given her this like poor like dust bowl aesthetic but give her a fucking name everyone has a name thank you someone had to say it okay next one so 2006 to 2008 the german institute for condom consultancy creates a prototype for a spray-on latex condom I'll say it again. Spray on condom. Okay, so you have to insert the penis into this fucking apparatus. Spray spray melted latex on the penis. Wait three whole minutes to dry. Um, apparently it was inspired by the mechanics of a drive through car wash. And see, I just have so many questions. And I actually tried to do research on some of these things outside of the website. And I could barely find anything on this. Because I don't think it it made it, it did not make it past the testing stage. <laughs> um, but I just have so many questions because apparently the idea is that, you know, you know, oh, penises are different sizes. It's like, what if you have a, a condom that's too large or too small? So if you spray it on, it's like the right size. But I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Like, what happens when it's in the vagina? Like, what's what or mouth or butt? What's happening to the latex, the spray on latex? Does it affect the receiver at all? Actually, this picture, the one fucking picture I found, uh, one of the spray-on condoms just says peppermint. So are they flavored? Does that, does that affect the receiver besides, like, your mouth? And then how do you take it off? How do you remove it? Like, is it, is it literally, like, in um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs when he tried to make spray-on shoes and then he couldn't remove his spray-on shoes and he just had to wear them forever? Is it like that? How do you remove it? 
But so, uh, yeah, it didn't make it past testing. Testing was halted because um, a lot of the men they were testing it on were too scared to put their penis into an apparatus. And also, it <laughs> they were they were also like, mm, I guess waiting for three minutes like really kills the mood when you could just fucking roll on an actual condom you know so shout out spray on condom for you know just giving it a go giving it a try you gotta give it a go and you gotta give it a try you gotta give it a shake it all right atari et so 1982 to 1983 uh one of those years et comes out and it slays right et's a great movie Every time I think about E.T., I think about in My Name is Earl, his brother, every time they bring up E.T. or he sees E.T., he just goes, I love that little monkey. (laughs) And it makes me laugh every time. I love that little monkey. But so E.T. comes out, it slays. And so Atari's like, fuck, we have to create an E.T. video game by Christmas because the kids are going to love this shit. The kids are going to gobble this shit up. So they only had like five and a half weeks to build it in time for Christmas. And so they rush, 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 get it out for Christmas. And it fucking bombs. They, the customers said that the game was difficult to play. It was clunky and redundant. It moved 1.5 million units, but that was lower than expected. And apparently Atari reported a 536 million loss. $536 million loss in 1983. And this is a quote. They literally buried the game by dumping many surplus cartridges into a New Mexico landfill. And I found pictures online of of ET, Atari ET games in a landfill. Like that's so that's so crazy. Like is there not a way to like reuse the cartridge? Like rip the sticker off? Get the fucking metal part out, the game part. Melt that shit down, make another game. I don't know. What are we doing? What are we doing? And apparently it is often cited as the worst video game of all time. Slay. Slay. Okay, here we go. Crystal Pepsi. This is one that I've heard of before. So in the 1990s, along with the like health craze, there's also something they call it a clear craze because marketers just became obsessed with this idea that clear equals purity and health. And so crystal, so Pepsi creates crystal Pepsi, a clear soda, and it was an instant success for a few weeks, but then it fucking flopped because it didn't taste good. It, only lasted from 1992 to 1993 now you might be like "Mm, i've had crystal pepsi so it got kind of like a little cult following and so there was a few times that they would bring it back and i'm guessing they changed the recipe so it actually kind of tastes good but i think regular pepsi is trash so get fucked trump the game that's right trump the game from night this is from 1989 to 1990 it's inspired by trump's real estate business it's about buying and selling real estate doesn't that sound fun doesn't that sound like a fun time it was described as a boring and complicated version of monopoly but trump said it was a more it was more sophisticated than monopoly yeah. And then they relaunched it in 2004 due to Trump's popularity on The Apprentice and it flopped again. One review said, it's not a game you want to play again. Slay. Slay! Growing up skipper. Okay, so 1975 to 1979, Mattel with Barbie, Barbie Slane, they created a little sister character named Skipper. And then about mid 70s, they're like, you know what? Skipper needs to grow up a little bit. Skipper can't be like 
a kid forever. So they created a doll called Growing Up Skipper in which like when you get her out, she's she's how she has been. I'm guessing like a 12 year old prepubescent, you know, and then you twist her arm and she grows like an inch. So she's taller. And then also her fucking chest inflates. So now she has titties. And then when you rotate her arm back, flat chested gets short again. Um, Mattel was criticized for this doll for sexualizing a teenage girl. And that's all the info I could get on that. Slay. All right, mobile ESPN. Mobile ESPN. So in 2006, ESPN promises all sports all the time in the palm of your hand. And that really sounds like something I want. You know, I think I was the target demographic, so I think it's fair for me to judge this product because I love sports all the time. And I wish I could have them in the palm of my hand. So it was a flip phone. And it was supposed to give you exclusive access to score updates, video content, highlights, continuous sports news, constantly, all the time, on your flip phone. But so the phone was fucking ugly and clunky, and it was a flip phone. And the phone itself was $300. And then you had to get a plan, which would range from from $65 to $225 per month. And it failed... Nine months after the launch, which cost the company millions of dollars. And apparently, Steve Jobs introduced himself to the president of ESPN by saying, your phone is the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. And Steve Jobs may not be like a good guy or whatever. Actually, I really don't know. (laughs) But that's kind of iconic. To just be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, your invention sucks. Kill yourself. I think Steve Jobs told him to kill himself. I'm just going to start drama for a dead guy. Arch. Okay, sorry. Next next product. Arch Deluxe. McDonald's. McDonald's was like, listen, we have, you know, we have the clown. We have all these little characters for the kids. We want to appeal to an adult audience. So let's make an adult burger. They invest $3 million in marketing research and developing a new hamburger with a more adult taste. The advertisement showed children frowning and disgusted by the burger for adults. It, this is a quote. It's a quarter pound of beef on a split top potato flour sesame seed bun topped with a circular piece of peppered bacon, leaf lettuce, tomato, American cheese, onions, ketchup, and a secret mustard and mayonnaise sauce. They were trying to appeal to, quote, urban sophisticates, and it was marketed as a burger with grown-up taste. They discontinued it in 2000 because nobody gave a fuck. Nobody gave a fuck. And I thought this was interesting. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Bofors toothpaste? Bofors? Bofors? Bofors... Bofors these nuts. Bofors toothpaste. Okay, so AB Bofors is a former Swedish arms manufacturer associated with the iron industry and artillery manufacturer. And then in the 1960s, the 1960s, they were like, we need to branch out from like guns and iron and make, quote, peace products. So they made toothpaste with artificial sweeteners and microplastic beads as a mild abrasive but in 1971 rumors started to spread that the beads remained in your body for months with bad results and so it was quickly discontinued and then i just have a few uh quick shout outs inventions nike magneto nike was like we're gonna make futuristic eyewear we want to make sunglasses that don't have the the legs they just sit on your face they just sit on your face in order to achieve this you had to glue a magnet on your face that way the fucking eyeglasses would sit on there obviously it's a flop 
We've got Bic for her, pins for women, for your dainty little lady hands. And I guess it's not a flop because like you can still buy them. <laughs> you could go on an Amazon, type in Bic for her and buy sissy little lady pins. Pins for pussies, okay? I write with a fucking man pin because I got big ass man hands. Grab titties with and shit. Big for her. Also, uh, Gerber, the baby food company, tried to make baby food for adults called Gerber Singles. Flop. <laughs> Twitter tried to create a phone. It was called Twitter Peak. It was $200. And it literally could only access Twitter. Okay? That was its entire purpose. $200. It could only display the first 20 characters of each, mes each message. It any linked websites on Twitter, you could not access them on this phone. And the new tweets were delayed. Flop. And big flop shout out. Trump University. <laughs> Woo! Students could learn about real estate, asset management, entrepreneurship, and wealth creation. However, it was not an accredited college or university. And the students didn't get any credits or deg or degrees. God damn. Students didn't get any credits or degrees. They were charged $1,495 for seminars and up to $35,000 for elite programs. There were multiple investigations and lawsuits for illegal business practices and defrauding of students. And it was shut down in 2010. That was the president of the United States, guys. That's really cool. He's got, you know, a fraud university and a sophisticated Monopoly board game. Let's go, Brandon. But so, yeah, that's all the, uh, that's all of the flops, failures I have for you today. But don't go just yet because it's also... Leo season. And let's let's get a little topic change for Leo season. Leo season. Happy Leo season. Shout out my Leos. I like Leos, I think. I haven't met a Leo I don't like. So Leo season is from July 23rd to August 22nd. It's a fire sign along with Aries and Sagittarius. And the strength of the sun, it is the only element that shines. It represents energy, usually strong masculine energy. It's hard for them to remain calm and peaceful, and they have a strong need to move forward. The fire sign makes Leo, quote, warm-hearted, in love with life, trying to laugh and have a good time. <laughs> they are... Their greatest compatibility is with Aquarius and Gemini. Their ruling planet is the sun. The sun gives us life. It makes all things possible. Quote, it hides processes of incredible importance, creating energy to shine on us and everything around it in an incredibly large radius. And then in Leo, they are the sun like causes them this search for self-awareness and they are in constant growth of ego. Their strengths are that they're very creative, passionate, generous, warm-hearted, cheerful, and humorous. They like theater, taking holidays, being admired, expensive things, bright colors, and fun with friends. Their weaknesses are that they are arrogant, stubborn, self-centered, lazy, and flexible. Their dislikes are being ignored, facing difficult reality, and not being treated like royalty. The dislikes on like zodiac sites are so funny to me because most of them are like, who would like that? I don't. I don't think it's just a Leo thing to dislike being ignored. Like, which sign likes being ignored? I feel like there's actually an answer to that, but I don't know enough. So yeah, uh, Leos are considered to be natural born leaders. They are very dramatic, self-confident, dominant, difficult to resist, attractive. They often have a lot of friends because they're very loyal and generous. 
They are capable of uniting different groups of people and leading them. Quote, their healthy sense of humor makes collaboration with other people even easier. They're able to solve difficult problems with their mind, and they easily take initiative to resolve complicated situations. Quote, they're aware of their desires and personality. They can easily ask for everything they need, but could just as easily unconsciously neglect the needs of other people in their chase for personal gain or status. They're very passionate, sincere, and they show their feelings with ease and clarity. They're faithful, loyal, born with a certain dignity and commitment to individual values, very strong, reliable, rarely alone, high energy, and they tend to stay busy and they're very optimistic. The closest leader in my life is my friend Quincy. Actually lived, I've been friends with her for years and actually lived with her for a year. And so I, w- I would say a lot of this does describe her. She's, she's very, very Leo and she's a fucking theater kid. So <laughs> now let's talk Leo in Greek mythology. Okay. So Leo is connected to the story of Heracles, which is apparently another spelling for Hercules. Don't know why. But so Hercules has 12 labors he has to perform. And the very first labor is to kill the, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Nemean lion. Nemean? Nemean lion. So this lion was savage and fearly. What the fuck does the word fearly mean? fearly it could not be harmed by weapons like its coat was magic and it you you could not penetrate it it lived in a came a cave in nemia and terrorized the people who lived there so the first labor was go fucking kill this lion that's terrorizing these people so he goes to fucking fight the lion and i actually saw a second version of the story where it took him like a really long time to kill it like it's like the, the lion went in its cave and hercules was like searching for this lion in the cave for like 12 hours. But so Hercules shoots arrows at him. They just bounce off. Like you, you cannot kill him with weapons. So finally, Hercules wrestles the lion and strangles him to death. And the lion did manage to bite off Hercules' finger. But so Hercules skins the lion with its own claws and makes armor from its pelt and jaw. And then... The constellation, which I guess is the lion. I should probably look at that. It is to honor the bravery of the battle between the Nemean lion and Hercules. So, happy Leo season. Leo slay. Leo slay. Leo pluridon. Why am I sweaty? So, um, topic change. Time for some good news. I've got three good news for you. <laughs> so the first one is from July 24th and it's about beavers. Okay. Beavers have been given legal protection in England. It is now illegal to kill or harm them. They apparently were officially extinct in the UK for over 400 years due to, but due to illegal releases, beavers have begun to repopulate with an estimated 800 living in the wild. The new law is going to come into effect October 1st, 2022, making it illegal to capture, kill, disturb, or injure beavers, and it is illegal to destroy a beaver's resting place slash breeding site. And here are some facts about beavers and why this is important. So beavers are considered a keystone species, which means species, which means they are important to maintaining the ecosystem. In wet areas, the dams that they build can slow down floodwaters. In dry areas, they create ponds that can restore moisture. They can even help areas that have had wildfires recover from that. Beavers can dam streams and rivers and create ponds where other wildlife and plants thrive. In beaver-made wetlands, there are 33% more plant species. And there are 26% more beetles. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the beetles... Maybe... Beetles are a keystone species, too. So anyways, go fucking beavers. Good for you, beavers. Good for you. August 1st, 
This is from August 1st, sorry. In 2021, Boyan Slat, who is a Dutch inventor and CEO of the Ocean Cleanup, successfully created a prototype that cleans up plastic in the ocean. Since August 2021, the System 2, also nicknamed Jenny, has collected 220,000 pounds of plastic. They are creating a System 3 that captures plastic 10 times faster than System 2. And so far, the ocean cleanup has gotten a quarter million pounds from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Slay. Slay! This one's from August 2nd. So scientists have been doing surveys on soil-borne microorganisms in Scotland's Cairngorms National Park. And they found notable DNA strands, including a new fungi called a rare violet coral fungus. And this is just an indicator of the grassland's health. And that's a slay in my book. So yeah, dude, that's all I got for you. If you if you watched this long, thank you so much. If you didn't, fuck you, I fucking hate you. My name is Ash, this is No Eye Contact. It's on, you know, YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. Give it a like, give it a follow, give it a rating. Just do whatever the fuck you want. Or don't. Or don't. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, genuinely, if you watched, thank you so much. And I've decided I'm going to be posting every other week. So I will see you in two weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Okay, bye. See you. See you later. Go. Get. Skedaddle. Get the fuck out of here.